Hello, and welcome back to the Palette Plug Podcast with your hosts, Kyle and Corey. What's going on, guys? Today, we have Sam and Tyler over here from Fuelbox Industrial. They are a blade manufacturer, palette blade uh, supplier, along with some other cool products that we're looking forward to hearing about, like some paint and things like that. So, Sam, would you mind giving us a little introduction, telling us about yourself and your company? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh, both uh, Kyle and Corey having us on here. Um, so, my, um, my, I guess our experience, uh, we have a, um, my partner and I, Gabriel Curry, uh, we've uh, been in the pallet recycling industry, pallet manufacturing industry for roughly about uh, 14 years for me and I, a little over 20 years for him. But we, uh, nice. for the last, uh, for me, the last 14 years, we've been developing products specifically for the pallet recycling industry. It's a very niche industry. Um, and we, you know, we manufacture, like you mentioned, the bandsaw blades. A lot of the uh, consumable supplies uh, specific for the industry. I'm sure we'll get more of that uh, later. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're all in. We love it. And uh, we, we, uh, we enjoy every day of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I was kind of going through your, uh, what's the word for it? You're just like deck of, of, your sales deck, I feel like would probably be the best word for it, but all the different products that you guys have. So I see here you have Butterblade. Would you mind just kind of going into that, what it is, what purpose it serves, and like how maybe it compares to the other products out there? Absolutely. Yeah, so the Butterblade, uh, it's actually a name brought to us by one of our clients. We actually... Uh, we tested a lot of different uh, bandsaw uh, configurations on the on the dismantling blades, uh, different geometries, uh, and what we're obviously the goal is to get the lowest total cost per pallet. Um, we ran across um, a, a few different uh, profiles that we liked, and this particular profile, the, the butter blade, uh, was one that is one you know it, every single time we tested over the material we tested against. Um, one of our customers actually. Was, said, hey, it cuts like a knife through butter. So we thought, you know what? That's a great brand. Uh, let's let's call it the butter plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fast forward now, and we're, we're, we're selling the, the blades to uh, you know hundreds of different pallet recyclers across the country. But um, our, the blade itself is that you know, it helps align the blade. The blade helps align to the groove of the pallet. Um, that's a point of fatigue for operators. And we you know try to align the blade on the dismaler to the groove of the pallet. So that is something that we really were focused on, along with the longevity of the blade. But that's something that really hit in the marketplace. I believe our blade is the superior blade in that particular space. Excellent. And so that goes into a dismantling machine. That's where that would be used for. Yeah. Yeah. So a pallet dismantler, um, you know, there's a variety of different brands out there, but most power recyclers, if if you're in the pallet industry, you know what a pallet dismantler is, but if you're not, um, it basically is um, a, a, a saw that has, you know, a minimum of maybe, I said the lowest in the industry, you know, between 18 and 20 feet uh, a long bandsaw blade. And then you'll have, they go all the way up to some, some blades are close to 30 feet uh, in circumference. Um, but basically what the blade does is it cuts nails out of the pallets. It allows you to reuse the boards, dispose of the uh the good, the, you know, the good boards you keep, and it's both the bad boards. A lot of people turn it into mulch or, or what have you, but that's what the that's what the blade does. Nice. And then I see you guys have tiers to them as well. So is that just changing in the teeth of it, or like what what's the difference in the the grades? Yeah. So we have uh, the Butterblade and then the Butterblade Pro. 
Uh, again, just a different tooth geometry. We had some people that, um, you know, uh, some clients that are uh, cutting uh, pallets with a lot different nails in it. For example, some screws and thicker nails that um, wanted a more aggressive tooth. And that Butterblade Probe does provide uh, the, the ability to do that easier. Um, whereas if you're cutting, you know, standard 40 to 40 pallets, that Butterblade is, a, you know, a very much uh, gets the job done and gets it done quite efficiently. And then I see you guys have uh, for reciprocating saw as well. You sell blades. Yeah, it's actually uh, a very new product that uh, we've. Yeah, it's for sawzos. Yeah, so we've we've obviously Gabriel and I've uh, worked with uh, sawzo blades. Oh, you know, the past you know fourteen, fifteen years or so with the uh, in the industry. But we've just recently designed this blade. It is coming to the market. We're expecting it's coming to the market our our facility this month, and we're very excited about. Uh, bringing that out but uh, you know it's solo boards if you're just trying to replace uh, you know a couple boards on a pallet and some people have that part of their operation um, I know some of the block pallets etc they use you know the sawzall blades we sell um, we previously sold you know millions of the millions of those blades across the country so uh, but yeah we're very excited about how it's been performing and uh, it's going to be something new to the marketplace no and as far as cost wise how how is it like packaging like how many come in a box cost holidays yeah. like what are, yeah, so what are they looking at it basically it's going to range um between you know how what your volume is on the price um okay. but in the ballpark you know you're 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 under a dollar 20 a blade um you know in some Sassy. cases <laughs> <laughs> they're actually uh yeah and in some cases they're get ours are packaged 500 to a box okay um, but if you're buying you know several thousand at a time we you know we, we certainly would provide volume discounts yeah Right. Awesome. Yeah, Corey was getting excited about that last night. Yeah, because yourself. Well, <laughs> because I we use these, which is identical to what y'all have. But my problem is, let me get it up closer to the camera. Yep. Right here on this neck. Yep. Is the fatigue part of it, and we snap these things so easily. You know, we'll get twenty pallets out of a blade, which for us is great, but. It's, you know, cost effectiveness and, you know, just wanting to be able to, you know, I, I, I need a blade that I can, I want to wear the teeth off of that thing. Before it breaks. Yeah, before, yeah. before it breaks. So. That's what you're talking about there, Corey, is de definitely the number one issue that we've been faced with. Now, Gabriel and I, between us, we visit, you know, several thousand sites across the country over the years. And, um, the, the, our new reset blade will, um, you know, having a strengthened tang on the blade is what we were after. Um, you know, that tang part is where it breaks is the point of compromise all the, most of the time in the blade. Like you said, yeah, have the teeth wear out before, you know, or, you know, so maybe it doesn't break at all, but the teeth wear off, you're dull. And then you swap it out for another, rather than getting 30, 40 cuts in, or maybe hundred cuts in and it just pops at the tang there and you have to replace it. So right. you're absolutely good. Very, very valid point. Nice. That's that's awesome. a yeah. I'm sure that Corey Corey would be happy to, to field test your product. Oh, I've, I'm excited about the uh, the Nail Ninja saw blades. Those I was, was going to roll right into that. So go ahead. Where so, you yeah, I mean, uh, I see y'all have everything from a 10 inch all the way up to an 18 inch blade. Yes, on the yeah, Nail so, Ninja. Yeah, it's a really cool name for a saw blade, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Uh, I, I'm not going to take 100% credit with the guy uh, threw that one out there. So, uh, but uh, the nail ninja. So 
a lot of times with circular blades, especially with you know uh, you know smaller pallet companies that maybe uh, you know, don't have a lot of options. Maybe they're you know some places you know for example in Alabama or something don't have a lot of options of where to uh, find blades for what their application is. Um, we what we did is we work with um, our we work with our team at designing the best disposable blade for cutting wood with embedded nails, and that goes for um, we. It's starting at the end of this month again. We'll have the seven and a quarter. We'll have ten inch, twelve inch, and even a fourteen inch in a disposable line. A lot of people don't know where to cross over to. Hey, I want. Do I need to be buying a resharpenable blade? And that's one of the things that we provide, um, you know, help with is identifying what your cost is of resharpening the blade to versus you know using the blade and disposing of it. Um, on the four, you know, on the on the Nail Ninja Pro Plus blades that we have, they are resharpenable. You know, you use them, they last a lot longer than the disposable blades. And when you're done using them, all you have to do is, you know, get them to your resharpener. They can you know, replace any broken tips and then resharpen the blade. Then you have basically a brand new blade again. So uh, that is, those are two different levels of blades that we have. And obviously the cost difference is significant, but uh, the, you know, finding the right blade for your application is something we also help to help do as well. And yeah, uh, go ahead, Corey. On the, as far as the 10 and 12 inch, how many, how long do you think that blade, that blade particularly would last in a, in a full hardcore operation? Like, so like with my operation, we deal 100% with all recycled material. Yep. So, you know, we get string, we'll get pallets in that are odd size. We cut them down, we cut the material, you know, sometimes we'll run it through the chop saw and we may hit nails all day long. Yep. You know, how long is how you know how how long does that blade would you give it a lifespan? I on the on the disposable blades our nail ninjas, um, it's really hard to answer that question just because of what you mentioned, uh, the wood with embedded nails. How many nails are you hitting versus how many nails uh you know, if you're hitting a lot of nails, obviously it's gonna last a lot less. Some people are getting three, four days, some people get two days. Um I, I'm sure there's people that go with burn through it at the end of the day, and it depends on the feed rate and how many um, you know, how many nails you're actually hitting. Uh, if you're, if you're conscious about hitting nails, obviously the blade's not for cutting nails. The blade's for cutting wood, but also right. can resist the, uh, you know, the nails. So it's not a, as you have one or two things, you have a, a blade that cuts wood that is, you know, okay with nails that can, uh, you know, it, it can last longer by hitting nails, or you have a strictly nail cutting blade that doesn't cut wood at all. Right. So, um, that's, it's very variable. I hate to say a number of three, four days or so because every operation is very different. Right. Yeah, that's. I'm saying that quite a few people come back to me after getting in those blades, and they're like, "Man, Tyler, look, these are double, sometimes triple the life of the blade that I was using before." So, yeah. not to put like a number on it, but people are seeing awesome results with those. And I like the the price range on the the ten and twelves that they're very. They beat the. I'm paying about a hundred dollars a blade. And we're getting about three to four months out of a blade. Other the resharpenable blades? No. Other uh, disposable blades. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, but I mean, we're hitting, you know, we're hitting nails just about every cut. And, oh wow! So, I mean, of course, we're we're buying Irwin. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's called a construction blade from Home Depot or something like. Uh, yeah. from the local hardware store. Yeah. And uh. Yeah. But I was just, I'm, I'm really curious to see how the, the Nail Ninja would hold up. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, little things like, you know, creating extra pathways for the dust to go through to uh, to reduce the amount of heat on the blade. Uh, those are all things we thought of. Uh, getting a price point like this, obviously, we, we you know, manufacture these in a pretty large quantity. So, right. Uh, this is this is something we're very excited about. We've actually, I, I don't know if I've heard anybody say that the blade didn't work for that. Everyone's been very thrilled with how the, the production of the blade. So, and now on the, on the price point, because, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the y'all's, uh, catalog. Yeah. Do they come single pack, two pack? Can we buy them in like 50 pack bolts? Yeah. They're, uh, 25 to a box. Uh, okay. and you can buy them. We do have some, you know, smaller company. Again, we try to cater to, you know, pretty much any size company. So, right. If you're running an operation, we're using 10 a month or something. You need to buy 10. We, we definitely accommodate for that. We can split a box. Cool, but they are single pack, yes. Nice. I was curious about like the nail ninja notcher bits. So, like, what exactly is that? Is that the tip of the blade that, or different materials? Like, what is that? Yeah, so um, that is um, the notcher heads. A lot, a lot of pallet companies you know to have you know four way pallets that they have to build, and they use you know a notcher head. Okay. Um, our particular notcher bits, we have um, the. We have the wood, new wood cutting, the virgin wood cutting bits, and it uh, tips, and then we also have the recycled tips. So when you're cutting wood with embedded nails, again, um, these tips will resist the nails better than uh, the, your standard virgin wood uh, notcher tips will. But they're replaceable. You know, if you've ever seen a notcher head, they're you know you have your tips on them, you have to replace them every once in a while. Um, it's just a basically an Allen wrench. You pop it off, you pop the new ones in. Um, oh wow! Some of the you know our rectangle ones, obviously the two sided, and then we also have another. Uh, square, which is four sided, so you can flip it around. You know, use four different sides of it. So, um, then then the round index ones go on the the outside of the 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 notcher head. So, cool. And that specifically, or that can accommodate like any style notching machine that somebody has. They can just pop those in. Uh, yes. These so it I mean, to, if you tell us what notcher you have, we can confirm that our notcher tips will work for them. Uh, but yeah, we do pretty. We can we can provide any kind of notcher tip. I think that's great. And like you guys really do advocate like the don't just purchase the product, like actually talk to us, let us know what your operation is so you can make right. sure that you're finding something that is tailored to what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I dealt with a, a company that was buying, you know, back to the circular bites about, you know, these um, the resharpenable circular bite in the 12 inch and they're, you know, spending you know, upwards of a hundred something dollars for the blade. And they just weren't aware that they could resharpen the blades. And without asking or without knowing that, like you're going to throw away the blade and only get one use out of it. Um, to me, obviously it's a huge waste, but uh, when we talked to him about it, he said, oh, my God, you saved me a lot of money. Now we're sharpening the blades and I'm getting a lot more life on it. But yeah, Tom, that, that's a lot of the value that we offer is that, you know, we get boots on the ground. We're in different pallet facilities all the time. We can, you know, kind of share our experience of what works best for their application. Yeah, and you guys have actual experience in, working on the pallets yourself as well we act, actually i i've never worked in a pallet facility so to speak okay. but i have uh we we actually have uh, done testing and i've you know, ran a dismantler uh, doing our uh, testing our dismantling plates but the downside of that is i can never keep up with some of these guys that are you know throwing <laughs> these it's a lot harder of a job than it looks like i can tell you that much yeah <laughs> as much as it people appreciate it i think it's very underappreciated uh a uh, trade because it's it is uh, it is a lot of fatigue in doing that all day. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was talking to somebody in the Facebook group the other day, or it was yesterday actually, 
and he was saying how um, he's been having trouble like trying to find people to hire. And he's like, yeah, I just decided to in my ad be like, if you're afraid of hard work, splinters, like pinching your fingers and just ultimately being sore, like this is not the job for you. And he's like, honestly, I think the the new candidates that I have lined up are like actually going to be people that want to work there because they're fully aware of what they're getting themselves into. So you're kind of calling them out a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, hey, you know, you got to be straightforward with people like this. You don't want somebody coming in and being like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is not what I want to be spending my time doing. So and they they. I've heard, you know, as far as what a lot of those uh, dismailers make, they, they're not, they're not, uh, they make a decent amount of money. I mean, it's a good job as far as income goes, but uh, it is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very like volume oriented. So something like your products would be super helpful because it just increases their efficiency. It makes their life and job a lot easier. It sounds like. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. That's what we're after making there, helping them make more money. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I'm curious, like, what what was it about pallets? You know, like, where did you guys say, like, oh, this is the niche that we want to pursue. This is the avenue that we feel, you know, we we see the most value in. Yeah. So back to where you know I started about 14 years ago or so. Um, and Gabriel had already owned the company I uh, um, that I had gotten hired onto. Uh, he had hired me on, you know, little to no ex- sales experience at all, but uh, he had a lot of. The, the company he had serviced a lot of local companies, you know, Florida and Georgia. And um, a lot of, some of the companies he sold to, uh, you know, was doing, he was mainly doing safety supplies, fasteners and such. Some of the companies he sold to were pallet companies and they're asking, hey, you know, we need a supplier for pallet dismantling blades. Um, and that really spurred him into looking into the, um, you know, what we could do to, to, to make our own product. Uh, we didn't want to he didn't want to be a me too person. Never, you know, we're never trying to offer the same product as someone else offers. We want to have an exclusive product. And, um, he, uh, he, I somehow got the job, you know, uh, and he said, Hey, we're launching this new industry. We've done a hell of a lot of research on this material and I want you to come on board with me and, and let's see what we can, uh, what we can accomplish. Um, you know, fast forward, you know, down the road is that we just, we love being niche. We love just having a one industry that we're the best at. And our, that's our goal. We strive every day to be the best in the industry and understand what our customers' concerns are, what keeps them up at night. And I, I honestly love that because I can go to a conference, pallet conference, and everyone I talk to there is does exactly what we're working with every day. And you don't have to, uh, you know, say, oh, you know, veer off into different industries and kind of be scattered. We are very niche, very, uh, in, in our vertical market. So, um, we, we definitely, I wouldn't do it any other way. Yes. <laughs> well, and it sounds like it makes, uh, selling a whole lot easier. You know, it's not like you're trying to sell a car to somebody who's like asking to be sold on it. It's very much just like prove the value in your product. And, and I mean, if it works, it works and you're just going to have people continue to talk about it for you too. So. Exactly. And you know, if there's a, like, you know, you know, like, Corey was saying you're buying your circular blades from a hardware store. Yeah, granted, they sell circular blades, but do they understand your application? Do they understand what is the lowest total cost from what you're doing? And that's where we want to be that outlet. Is it not even, I don't even care if people, obviously we love, you know, we, we're in business because people buy it from us, but a lot of people call me just asking questions about, you know, things that maybe they're not buying from me or, uh, you know, hey, what, what saw manufacturer have you seen the best feedback with? And we don't sell saws, but I can recommend some dismantling companies that do a really good job making dismantlers. Um, 
I would definitely recommend. Uh, so that's, I wouldn't, that's, that's our way of going about business. And we are very passionate about that. Do you like see down the road that there is a potential opportunity to like specifically work with maybe one machinery manufacturer, like not to tailor your equipment to that, but in the sense that like, you know, how we are, are, are partnering cause we are in a related industry. Do you see something like that maybe down the line for you guys? As far as partnering with somebody to to provide them uh, our material for them, or? I would say it's like more of just the we make this product, like we make a dismantler. You guys make the blades for it, and we're just gonna sell together, like maybe some sort of package deal. Or is it that like most companies that manufacture the machinery do they make their own blades as well? No, most of them do not. Um, you know, it, it's manufacturers. They all like to be distributors. Distributors all like to be manufacturers. Kind of the old, you know, old adage. But uh, we, down the road, I, I, you know, I, we don't know what the future holds. But I, I for right now, we, uh, you know, our focus is making products for you know, every manufacturer. You know, and uh, they're all, you know, there's there's five or six pretty, you know, dominant ones in the in the marketplace, and they all they they're very good at what they do. And, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't just, you know, try to say, oh, we're only going to work with this one or what have you. But, uh, you know, the, I think right now it's, I, I don't see that, foresee that happening. Makes sense. Just keeping, uh, keeping the options open. I was just always curious to see. Yeah. No, a good question. Um, and so kind of going back to like the products that you guys have, Corey and I were curious about the palette spray paint. Because I know that he was saying, like, sometimes the uh, the issue that you deal with is, like, covering up the heat stamp. And obviously, I'm not trying to just, like, sell your products. I'm just curious, like, what's, you know, like, how did, what went into that? You know, was it, like, somebody was like, this, I can't find something that works? Or, you know, how did you guys go into developing that? Yeah, so there was, um, like, years and years ago when, yeah, obviously, that became a big deal. I, you know, it was a cost that power companies had to absorb buying spray paint to you know, obliterate heat treat stamps due to the, uh, the the inspection agencies they you know you can't have half of your pallet heat treat and the other half it's you know from a recycled plant that's you know could be from another state or what have you so that it was a big deal again uh, something we learned from visiting pallet facilities uh, you know understanding what the pain points were um, we went out we set out uh, to develop uh, here at Fuelbox we set out to develop a paint that was did two things was match the color of the palette and that way you know presentation a lot of these larger companies that people sell to they don't want their palettes looking like uh, with graffiti on them or they have watch marks on them they want the palette looking like a clean piece of wood mm-hmm. so sounds like a small deal but it actually it, it makes your pants look a lot better so finding something that matches the color of the palette and two finding something that um you know would obliterate the heat treat stamps to where you know, they don't bleed through, right? And so we actually have our second version of the product, which is, you know, a extremely uh, high pigment um, that allows you to uh, spray the spray the heat treat stamps out and it dries really quickly because um, that's another thing as well is that you want, you need it to dry quickly because the faster it dries, the less that it bleeds through. And that's not every spray paint you buy, right? You don't buy a Home Depot, they don't be able to selling you know, to the general public. Again, it's a niche product. So we've done a lot of testing on that. We actually have not only do they uh, do our customers spray heat treat stamps. They some customers they have their clients asking to spray paint their uh, palettes a, a color. You know, for example, if your company has a red logo or something, they want a, a red line on the palette. 
mm-hmm. uh, or blue or purple, whatever it may be. So that's that's kind of where the uh, the paint comes in, and we we do it we do a, a fair amount of it. It's uh, it's one of our biggest movers here. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Is that a newer product, or is that something you guys kind of started with the blades as well? Yeah, um, we well we've been developing the product for a long time. Feels like forever, but uh, the, <laughs> it's the product actually we released it about uh, what was it? I think February. Yeah, February oh, March. Okay. Yeah, beginning of March. So it's it's fairly new. Yes, fairly new to the marketplace. Wow, that's awesome. And and that's I mean, it's palette coat. You know, it's a, it's our that's our paint line. It's called palette coat. We have virtually yeah you know, like seven or eight different colors right now. We'll continue to add more on. Is the I noticed too here it says you know twelve per box, forty eight per case. Now is that like you know somebody comes in and says, hey, I want you know forty eight of of a mixed color because I want my guys to be able to mark the palette so I can make sure that you know to hold them accountability accountable because I've got a you know buddy of mine what they do is they they paint their nails ah and so so they know you know okay so say you know Everett's working you know he's working the line he's got purple nails today so every palette that's got purple nails in it came from him so they can hold him accountable for anything that fails you know and stuff like that uh could they like mix match colors you know could somebody come in and say hey i want you know three cans of red three cans of white you know stuff like that yeah yeah we're i mean we're happy to accommodate in any way that um you know any way that the client needs us to they're i mean they're packaged neatly in a in a box of 12 but you know if if, if somebody could send you know placing over for blaze for example and they're like hey and just three cans of three different colors we'll definitely throw that in the 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 packaging um you know with paint it's a little harder to ship you want to make sure it's secure and stuff because it is you know that there's a lot of restrictions with uh you know ups and fedex to to ship product like that but uh we definitely accommodate nice i'm really curious to hear like what your experience has been like when you go out is it newer customers that you try and go and spend your time with or is it like the guys who've you, you've had for customers for like a long time you know like I, i'm just curious like when you go out there is it are you just checking in or are you trying to like sell sell them and and you test the product for them like how does that go about when you guys are are trying to introduce yourself and your product yeah i mean i i like to have an intention when i go visit customers so you know if i have uh you know if i'm a trip that I need to visit. Like, for example, if I'm going to, uh, let's say, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, for example, I may go out there to visit, you know, a couple new clients, a couple existing clients, but, you know, I'll, I'll map the trip out there and, and visit just pretty much anybody that we work with or we do work with um, and and go there to learn, go there to understand, okay, what what is your, what are your needs in your operation and how can we, uh, you know, give, give you uh, an avenue to, uh, to reduce your costs, you know, and, uh, that to me, it's probably, I wouldn't say about 50, 50, you know, just in percentage wise, some are new, some are the existing customers, but, uh, fostering the relationships is very important to us. You know, some of these being in the industry, you know, 14 years or so you go to the pallet shows and you go visit people in their plants. A lot of people we already know, and, um, or at least I know, and, you know, Tyler's getting a lot more familiar with them as the, as the months go on here, but fostering the relationships is why that's how you keep the repeat business and that's how customer knows you're not selling them something you're trying to 
build a relationship with them and look out for them and how you could help them genuinely is how you know, how we uh, continue to do well in the industry. And uh, so we try to mix it up and do a little bit of both. And to add to that, I would say a lot of the existing customers is, you know, say they've been buying our band saw blades for X amount of time. Well, they may not know that we carry everything else that we carry. Correct. And it's just so much more convenient. You can be a one-stop shop. So I have a bunch of companies that, you know, I'll bring catalog with me when I go talk to them and hang out. Like, dude, I had no idea you had bailing wire or polyester strapping, you know, spray paint, whatever it may be. And then we, you know, we're already working with them. We already have a great relationship. A lot of times our price point's already better than what they're paying. So now when they call me, you know, for a couple of boxes of blades, like, hey, let's also throw on some strapping or, you know, whatever it may be. So it's, we definitely, you know, like you said, fostering the relationships with those guys really helps, you know, kind of expand and save for them. They, they expand the products they get from us but also save money and save time with just a one-stop shop. That's a great point. And I think that it's it's funny how like people don't tend to look into things sometimes. They're like, well, I have this one thing and this works, and maybe they've already been purchasing something else from somewhere else. So to have you not kind of have that like shove it in your face type sales mentality, I think is super important. And, and I'm curious, Tyler, like what's your experience been like? Because you're, and I don't want to, be wrong but are you you're like fairly newer to the, the pallet industry or i'm just newer to it I, i've been around it for years and years but this was my first time actually jumping fully into it mm-hmm. uh, I, i've kind of grown up in the construction world my my dad owns some uh construction companies up in indiana okay uh, but so i was actually doing a little bit more real estate and stuff like that uh, i met sam and i met gabe and uh we all just hit it off great so i was like you know what let's I want to look into this even further and uh, they, they reeled me in and it, it's been all <laughs> Nice. Did you have sales back uh, experience before this? Yeah, you know, it, I, I like to say I started when I was a kid knocking door to door selling those uh, candy bars for school, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, I would like to take the approach rather than being a salesman. I just want to, let, let's get a relationship going. Let's talk. What do you need? I have products and I know you have to buy, you know I have to sell, but same time, it's I want to help you. Because if I'm not helping you, you're not helping me. We're not helping each other. Nobody wins. I like to create win wins. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely it, it's nice being with a company that doesn't prioritize pushing and like shoving products down people's throats. It's, it's more about relationships and finding out what you actually need and filling that need for them. Yeah, and and this is a lot more of like. I was actually talking to somebody earlier this morning where like there's a difference between like consumer businesses and like producer businesses and you guys are very much a producer business but you also sell to producer businesses you know you're not selling uh, the example they used was like a uh, a kit uh, like a kitchen mitt you know like like so if you're picking up a hot pan and stuff like that somebody somebody he knew wanted to start making those and he was like really hard market to get into there's a lot of options out there you're probably never going to be able to beat the price point of you know other places but for something like this it's like the value comes into just making sure that your product works properly and then it kind of just sells itself at that point exactly yeah i was curious as well because i saw that you guys were considering going into some other industries as well or making products within uh other industries is that something you you want to talk about or is that still with yeah 
as time goes on, I mean, we've, uh, you know, my, my baby's the pallet industry and I, I, um, you know, I've definitely put all of my effort into that, but we, you know, Gabriel, my partner, um, who has experience in two or three other segments that we are, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into, you know, to, um, be an announcer for a later date, but yeah, we're, uh, we're working, you know, in just very, very small niche markets, you know, and, yeah. uh, that's, that's our, um, that's that's our goal. It's we we just want to have our team. For example, Tyler will always work in pallet, you know, and I will always work exclusively in pallet uh, for the most part. And um, that's that's the relationships that we're we're going to uh, continue to grow. Nice. I always like to ask this question. It's usually for people that like become members of the pallet plug just to kind of better uh, understand them. But I want to throw it to you guys. Like what? What would you consider success to be? How do you define it? Is it is it freedom? Is it money? Is it the power to influence people or to inspire them? Those are not the same, by the way. Like inspire and uh, and and empower. Yeah, like those are different. You know, <laughs> but what do you what do you see it as? I'm just always curious to. Just, yeah, I guess personally or in the marketplace or is it? Uh, uh, personally, and then you can go from there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, Inspire is definitely something that sticks out to me. You know, I like, uh, you know, having, I, I think when you can, uh, when you can have a, um, you know, a culture with, like, for example, I, I'll, I'll say this, our culture here, like Tyler and, and myself and both mentions, we're, we're not, we're not salesy. We're not, um, we do, our goal is to impact the lives of our customers and our impact the companies that we serve, um, how we impact them is by creating a lower uh, cost point for them so they have you know to add to their bottom line they can make more profit and they can have an easier uh easier time ordering for example consolidating your consumables uh make buying your uh, your price from one supplier that understands your industry that to us is that's i guess our objective that's what we look for is uh you know why we get up every day and uh to be honest i i, I think that um that is the only way that I, I, I would suggest anybody go about, uh, you know, their, their, their personal views on, on, on business and the customers they serve is look out for them and, you know, inspire change. We are, we're constantly innovating. Um, that's, that's, that's my, uh, I guess mindset. Oh, my your question. I, I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's all relevant, you know, like it's, when you're in a position to where you're offering a service to a business, like obviously if, if you're focused on providing the best product or service, then it's going to help you be successful. Um, I, I think more so like in your personal perspective though of, of like business and life itself, like do you see success as something where it's like you got a, a stack of cash and you're like, all right, I'm a happy guy. Or is it like, I want freedom. I want a time to spend with my family and to do the things that I want. Or is it like, I want to be in a position where I have proven myself and done enough to be able to go back to somebody else and say like, look at this, you know, like you're able to do this yourself, but you just got to figure out a plan, create a process and stick to it. Like, what is that? What would you say to you feels like success? I know it's kind of a tough question. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually, that's actually a very good question. Um, you know, having, uh, you know, having the time and freedom for, for me and, and, and uh, you know, my family is very important to me. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, I know where I started from as far as, you know, when I was you know, 20 years old and jumping into this industry that 
um, I feel like can inspire a lot of people and helping somebody else get to go through what I went through, you know, the challenges that I went through and, and, you know, motivating them through that. There's plenty of times I wanted to, you know, there's plenty of failures I had where I wanted to quit and I wanted to stop. And, you know, now, you know, I partnered in a company that is, that we're, that I'm very, very, very passionate about. Um, I think that to me would be, um, I would consider that success and being able to help somebody else get there. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, free time is obviously, hey, everyone wants that, but a stack of cash, I mean, that comes and goes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, it, go ahead. That is not necessarily, I mean, it's, money doesn't really buy much for your happiness unless it's, uh, unless you use it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw something the other day too, where it was like, people focus a lot on like finding happiness, right? And it's like, happiness is like a temporary feeling you know right. it doesn't you're not gonna find it and stick around and it's gonna just be there for the rest of your life it's very much a like this thing makes you happy for a period of time but like focusing on being content and just yeah. furthering that mentality of like okay like i'm happy now let's go find and do something else and then if you're not happy like just being content with what you have too is like super important to just make sure that you don't ride that wave of being not happy and happy you know exactly. <laughs> your mindset for sure yeah i'm curious like is there ever a time that you would say that uh like a pallet business isn't a customer of yours or do you guys feel like like really anybody could make use of the products that you guys have yeah i mean i, I mean as our product line expands i think that's becoming more and more uh the case that there's pretty much any pallet company can buy something from us now i I, I look at it from a perspective as like, does it make sense for them to buy something for us? They're right. Yeah. You know, I stopped by a pallet company the other day. They don't, you know, they don't do pallet dismantling. They don't resaw, they don't you know, cut their own lumber. They buy their lumber in. Um, they're pretty much buying nails and maybe a few gloves. So I uh, so yeah, we could sell them gloves and safety glasses, but yeah, you know, it was 12, 15 people there. Probably doesn't make a ton of sense for them to buy from us. Just it, it probably doesn't. We can sell them if we want them. Yeah. But from, from their perspective, how did it, I, I think 90, 95%, 98% maybe of how it comes it probably makes sense uh, to, to buy from a couple like us. Yes. Yeah. I was always curious to see, it's like, is there a person that you would turn down? Is there a customer that you'd be like, no, nah, this just doesn't make sense for, for you or yeah. I, but it's kind of like if you're in pallets, you're in pallets. Correct. Yep. Yep. I, Pretty much uh, all the tools they would use, we, you know, hammers, pallet bars, you know, like spray paint, earplugs, stuff like that. The third are also we have and we're um competitive with that. Very competitive. Yeah, I was curious, like was that was it like, okay, we sell these blades, like what else can we sell? Or was it kinda like you just saw that there's all these different things that they use within the pallet industry and you want to make sure that you have those, but the main bread and butter is like your blades or like, was it like, oh, okay, we should start to do these things? You know, like when you guys started out, was it always a plethora of different things or was it one well, thing that... when we, yeah, when we started out 14 years ago, of course we did. You know, we were, like I mentioned, we had the safety supplies. We had a few other consumables. So um, com combining blades with the safety supplies is not, you know, is very, it's very beneficial for the customer because, you know, you're, you're just tacking on a few things. Or for example, if you order a couple dozen gloves, you can throw that in a box of blades and um, there's no, you know, you'll have to go to, you know, the hardware store, you know, order from a different supplier. So, but then as, as you're right, as we, as we came further and further along, we started finding more niche products that we could do uh, for the industry and finding out what the industry is looking for. And um, 
those that's how we just continue to add products on um we work with manufacturers across the world we have you know different you know our hammers for example finding out you know 24 ounce or a 22 ounce or what hammer is the most you know the hammer that everyone wants to use in the industry or, or by and large um that's where we just continue to add on products and um again when you're focused on one industry it's very it's uh it's not as challenging to you know you're, you're very focused on just what that industry uses and that that's how we can add very niche products to our to our product line yeah i'll uh, i'll agree with the 24 ounce framing hammer because that's what i, I prefer a 24 ounce because you get enough weight behind it you get enough balance in the in the hammer that i mean you're not sitting there beating the board to death one hit and you're done if, yep. if you've got to drive one in so to me that that's you know icing on the cake yeah and, no exactly you know, all y'all's i mean it's stuff that we use every day you know and so like i mean i love y'all's catalog i'll just say that right now and <laughs> i'm like i'm like a kid in a candy store right now just looking at it because i'm like man i could buy that and then i can get that and well, we need this, and so yeah. And for you, Corey, I mean, you're you're on a pallet. You're in a pallet operation, so you have like you might need a box of blades, and you're like you know you don't need twenty hammers. You need, you might need two, three guys might need a hammer. You might want to buy five hammers, whatever. Just say, hey, throw five hammers on that. That's a lot of the text messages we get for orders or emails is simply that. Just hey, send me a box of blades. By the way, do you guys have some twelve foot tape measures? Can you throw those on there as well? Right. That's oh yeah, because cool. I'll buy tape measures like going out of style i'll i've probably have lost any in the years time i will probably buy 12 to 13 tape measures just because i will lay them down and walk off and leave them and you go back to where you think you left it no nope, it's not there so i don't know where they grew legs and walk off to the walk off items yeah that's very common everywhere <laughs> so not valuable enough to lock up but they walk up everywhere. <laughs> right so i uh i'm curious like is there if, if like, I mean, it's to say that we were to end it here, like what's, what are some of the most important takeaways that you think you would want to share with potential customers, people who are listening, even somebody who maybe has nothing to do with the pallet industry, but you know, you want to give them some, some words of inspiration about, you know, what you guys do and how you got to where you're at. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll chip in on, uh, chime in on this as well, but, uh, I, I think one thing I wanted to mention, um, uh, you know, following your page and i really appreciate what you guys are doing to the pallet it really hasn't been a lot of uh you know that for you guys to create a whole community around uh you know pallet companies like you i talk to so many you know for example if i'm on the road and i'm you know visiting you know a few accounts and i see a, a smaller pallet company with you know maybe five six cars in the in the in their yard i pull in there and i usually talk to them um you know we're we're, we're a wealth of information that we can give as far as helping them understand what, what products to use and how to maybe scale their operation. Um, I even look at when we're talking about fostering relationships, like I saw some people post down there like, Hey, I, how do I get a How do I get a pallet dismantler? How do I get, you know, what, mm -hmm. how do I get hold of that? Yeah. A lot of times I'll have larger pallet companies, they'll buy new pallet dismantlers and they'll say, Hey, we have three, four used ones here. Right. And they can just post it on a page or I can call somebody that I already know needs a pallet dismantler and say, Hey, this guy, you know, a couple hours away, he's trying to sell his pallet dismantler. Maybe that's a good way to get started. Mm -hmm. Those, we're wealth of information for that. And I don't want to, you know, we, I think I was trying to be very clear on it. it. Even if someone doesn't want to, it's not buying a product from us and they just have a question about that, they can feel free to reach out to, to Tyler or myself and ask him, say, hey, 
if you guys ever run into something like this, let me know. And it works well for both parties. You know, it works well for the customer that we're selling to that's maybe selling their bandsaw. And it works well for, you know, someone starting up their pallet operation that can, doesn't have to spend, you know, 14 grand on a van on their first pallet dismantler. Um, you know, so those are that definitely something that I wanted to touch on because I, what you guys are done on your pages. Uh, I, I haven't seen anything like oh, when I, you know, Tyler showed it to me. I was like, man, this is really cool because. Well, thank you. <laughs> so many people don't shield it next step. And it's not, it's not a, um, it, it, it's not, once you figure it out, it's not as complicated as it sounds, but just get taking that first step into it. Like I saw some of the questions, like what is a pallet dismantler from companies that owned pallet companies? And, you know, just being able to see what I take it for granted because I visit facilities all the time. I'm like, oh, pallet, yeah. of course, everyone knows what it is. I can build yeah. one right now. But uh, it's it's questions that people don't know the answers to right away, and mm-hmm. provide an avenue for that. It, yeah, not the what Sam is saying. Um, I almost every single working day I have uh, told someone to check out your guys' Facebook group. You know, thank you. A smaller company, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, you know, Dakotas, wherever it may be. If they're like, you know what, like, love, I, I want to check out your blades, but like my mantler, my my dismantler is down right now, or it's, you know, it, yeah. I'm looking for a new one, you know, but I don't want to spend $25,000. So it's like, hey, check this Facebook group out. I, I see them down here all the time that everyone in the club. Like, oh, dude, thank you so much. Like, the trade resource. So yeah, we love what you guys are doing. It, it's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think it's cool that, again, you guys like focused in on, on the pallet industry as far as the, the products that you supply go. I think that that in itself is very cool and very creative. And I, I think that it's it also, too, just like what you were saying, it's, it's the community aspect of things, right? Like the more that you talk and you put your name out there and you, you know, share what you guys are doing, like it's it, it just helps create more of that community within this industry and especially like you were saying too like there's customers that you have that like don't know about the other products that you have which means that there's people out there who have no idea who you are you know so the more that you can just have those conversations and put people together in like one place i think that it's it's super helpful and like facebook it's you get everybody you know you get you get the good guys and you get the bad guys but i think that it's like just encouraging that conversation aspect and like not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to to see what other people think or what they're dealing with. A lot of times I feel like people realize like they're not alone in the issues that they're facing. I, I feel like with um with customers that you guys come across, like do, people don't know that there's blades specifically for the pallet industry, right? Like they're probably just buying them from somewhere else that doesn't actually serve a purpose. So finding out about something like you guys it totally changes the game for them and makes life a whole heck of a lot easier so yeah very much just on the mentality of talking communicating being open being transparent you know sometimes maybe it's it's pride or something like that where people are like i don't want to talk or share information or things like that but i feel like you gotta you gotta knock the wall down you know and let people in because it's the only way that you're going to be able to to grow exactly Exactly. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be definitely telling, because like where I, where I live, we have like fifteen to twenty pallet yards. Yep. Within a like two hundred mile radius of us, which is small for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I live yeah, the, the area I service is like twenty five thousand square miles. Wow. So you know, uh, I know a lot without telling me. Do what? what? 
I said, tell me you're from Texas without telling me. <laughs> West Texas, right out, right outside New Mexico. Yeah. So. What you were saying, Corey? You're good. But yeah, I'm going to let, you know, I'll let Travis know and Raymond and Vanessa, Jason, you know, all the bigger guys that, you know, that I deal with on a daily basis and talk to and stuff like that. So try to get y'all some. So I was curious, what got you guys into it? So for me, um, I I honestly was just, I didn't have a job at the time and I was looking for a, a way to create a business. I, I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. I just felt like I was capable of doing things. I've helped other people with their businesses. Like a lot of my background is sales and business development. So I was like, let me try my hand at this and see how it goes. And I started out where I was just picking up pallets and selling them to the local pallet yard. And then eventually I was able to build up my own supply uh, and go after my own customers. And then I actually met these two individuals through Facebook uh, that were local to me and they wanted to start their own business. And so I sold them my truck and my contacts. And then I went into brokering because I was like, well, I know sales and I'm I was okay with making 100, 200 phone calls a day. I was used to it. So I was like, let me go back into that. And um, I brokered for a bit. And after a couple lost customers and negative experiences, I was like, let me take a step back and be like, okay, I don't want to sell anymore. I want to do something that it's like a service-related business and solve a problem. And so I just saw a need for assistance with marketing for pallet businesses and kind of the idea of, well, if you put everything all in the same place, we're going to make it easier for somebody to find it. And so that's how I came up with the idea for the pallet plug is a database for pallet businesses. So people can go on there and just say, okay, well, I'm here and this guy's there. So let me just call him and contact him and, and use that business. And then as far as the Facebook group goes, I started that like, I think it's almost two years now. And it was when I was selling pallets and it was because I was like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen there's tons of other groups out there, but I just felt like it wasn't like there was no direction with it. You know, there was no like this is the purpose of this group. It was kind of like just post what you have for sale. And so I wanted to, again, create more of that community aspect, more of a place where people are con conversating and not just trying to sell something. So that's where the Facebook group really started to grow. Um, and then as far as the podcast goes, it was like, again, it's it's creating a space for people within this industry to have a platform to talk about what they're doing, why they like what they're doing, how they got into it. Because I don't, I didn't really see anybody else out there doing it. And I also just like talking to people. I like learning, hearing stories. I, I feel like a lot of the pallet business owners have interesting backgrounds as far as how they got started. Like I love hearing, there's this one guy out in California that I talked to where his mom worked for a pallet business as an administrator. And then that business shut down and she was like, well, I know how to do it. So let me start my own. And she just like out of the back of her house and with a pickup truck started a pallet business and he's now running it. So it's it's crazy to see how things can grow and, and people's different stories. There's another guy. I think you guys actually know of him. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name, but it's like Coleman Pallets. Uh, yeah. He was a really interesting story too. He was telling me that like his his dad was a butcher for uh, a local grocery store, and yep. in his one day off, he would go out and pick up pallets, and he was making more money doing that than he was at his other job. And then when the grocery store shut down, he transitioned fully into pallets, and now um, his son has taken it over. And and yep. that's the individual that I spoke with. But 
can't remember his name right now, but regardless, you know, like cool story, very interesting. And I really feel like that's what the pallet industry is. It's, it's a lot of people who just like bootstrapped a business, figured it out and made it grow from there. And very much a, there's, there's no real like handbook on how to do it, you know? So to see how people just navigated and were able to grow it over the years is something that it, I love to hear about. And that's why I wanted to continue to create a space for them and, and to share their stories. So exactly. that was, that's how I got started. <laughs> Corey? Yeah, definitely. The way I got started was, is I was working for the Ford Motor Company and uh, I was working at one of their body shops and uh, had an elderly gentleman come by. He's in his 70s, 80s, asked if he could pick our pallets up. And I said, yeah, they're in the back. You know, anybody says anything to you, just tell them I told you you could have them. Because we would just pile them up and leave them in the back corner of the lot. And he come back around, and I got to talking to him. He was like, yeah, I supplement my Social Security with it. So I was like, cool, man, I could do this. So I started doing it part-time, just picking up on the weekend, selling to the local yard. And then, uh, damn. My sister-in-law got married, and my manager decided to tell me that uh, my job was more important than my family. Wrong thing to tell me. And, and so I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm gone. I've given this company five years of my life, and obviously if that's how you feel about me, then I don't need to be here. Good as hell. I was already doing it part-time, so I already had kind of the connections of you know, being able to pick pallets up and sell them and stuff like that. So I just went full force with it and been doing it since June of 2018. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Everybody's got a different background and different uh, story as to how they got started. But it's always, uh, that, like I said, that's that's where I'm trying to come in, you know, is, is give them a voice and allow them to share their stories because everybody's got some cool things to share. But, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, do you, is is there anything else you guys feel like you'd you'd want to chat about, share with people? I mean, obviously, like go check out Fuelbox Industrial. I'll, I'll have links to their to your website down below on YouTube, so people can do it, or I mean, can can find your website, and then obviously, like we'll be sharing within the Facebook group about um, partnership and things of that nature. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that, that's pretty much you know some stuff. <laughs> yeah, feel free to reach out to us. We're um, you know, I'm, I'm always available to, to have a, a quick conversation about, you know, any questions you might have in the industry, or even if you need a referral for someone, um, that might be able to help you out. I certainly, um, don't mind, uh, don't mind connecting people. And, um, I think it, it's rewarding for me as well. So, um, I think on behalf of both of us, we're, we're here to, uh, we're here to serve the industry and, uh, anything we can do to, to be an asset to it or to you guys and your page, uh, we're, we're more than willing to, uh, contribute. And I'd also yeah. like to add, if, if somebody watches this or uh, someone calls in or emails me or something like that, and they mention one of you guys or you guys' Facebook page, like, I'll definitely, you know, I'll come up with special pricing and stuff like that, like, to the best of my ability, you know, just because it's it's all about, like I said, fostering the relationships and mm-hmm. keep on growing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So mention mention the Palette Plug. If it happened to it. I discount code's given, but that the discount code is powerful. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, I, I, great conversation. I'm I'm thankful that you guys were taking the, took the time out of your day to one share about your product, kind of inform us a little bit more. 
hopefully this has uh, been informative for anybody that's been listening. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys both for having us on. Appreciate no it. problem. I appreciate it. Take care and thanks for listening.